TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bike Nerds Podcast, episode 84. This episode is brought to you by Bike Fixation. For over 25 years, Saris has been designing and manufacturing bike parking and infrastructure products to help cities, neighborhoods, businesses, and schools become more bike-friendly. To help amplify their commitment to American manufacturing and bike advocacy, Saris recently rebranded to become the endorsing brand for all their bike-centric brands, including Bike Fixation. As part of this effort, Saris merged their parking and infrastructure brands under the Bike Fixation name. From trailheads to transit stations, Bike Fixation envisions a world of cycling products accessible anywhere two wheels can lead you. Check out the new Bike Fixation website and sign up for more details. Visit bikefixation.com slash bike nerds. Again, that's bikefixation.com slash bike nerds. Sarah, I was uh, talking with our friends over at Bike Fixation just a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. they are super um, excited about all the rebranding. Um, they were talking to me about some new products they've got to have coming out pretty soon. Um, I am super excited to have them on board again for 2018 as a sponsor of the podcast. Thanks, Bike Fixation. And I'm going to see our friend Mike in uh, Washington, D.C. in just a couple of days. And we're going to talk bikes and bike parking and bike infrastructure products and maybe even a little soccer. Soccer? No way. You still like soccer? I still like soccer. Yeah. Things never change. I know. You know, lots of things do change, but uh, that's not that's <laughs> not one of them. Also, I'm I'm standing here in the Bike Nerds Mountain West compound and uh, sur- basically down in the Star Wars room, surrounded by uh, the fruits of the holiday season. Uh, you know, we had a new Star Wars movie come out and I have all the accompanying literature here and I have no bookcases to actually put any of it on. So how did you find this most recent Star Wars film? I am loving it. I've I've only seen it four times so far. Um, but every single time I watch it, I like it even more. I thought of you. I was watching. I've done a few things. So you and I haven't formally podcasted in like 30 or so days, which. But who's, is, ca- but who's counting, really? But who's counting, really? We have spoken and communicated. So I did some preparation. And one of those items was Netflix has this show about old school toys. Yeah, the toys that made us. It's like a, the toys that made us. And I watched the Star Wars. Nice. Toys that made us um, in homage to you. Thank you. You're welcome. It was really fascinating, but I also don't know anything about Star Wars. So I felt like some of it was lost on me. But I kept waiting for you to pop up because there was all of these you know, very intelligent, non-nerdy, you know, men with their rooms full of, you know, minted toys. And I was like, Kyle's got to be here somewhere. And they didn't give you a call, which I'm a little disappointed in. Yeah, you know, it's okay. You know, I I think what's interesting, if anybody wants to watch that show on Netflix, uh, I don't think you have to know Star Wars to sort of really appreciate sort of the history behind the toy line. 
Um, it's kind of fascinating, right? Just sort of know that story about how the Kenner company sort of lucked into getting Star Wars and then what a huge success it was. And really, Star Wars was one of the very first action figures that made toys really possible even to this day. Yeah. So from my marketing lens, kind of the merchandising perspective, I found really sort of fascinating in terms of the narratives and the story that they told and then the story, the toys that they created that weren't necessarily even directly, you know, kind of the more fan fiction. It was really neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, you know, as a, as a collector of Star Wars toys, I didn't find there to be anything sort of groundbreaking in that particular episode. Um, you know, it was all stuff that was kind of common knowledge around sort of the collecting scene, uh, but still cool to see um, in, in any sense. Uh, if you want to, if you want to watch something that's really crazy, you should watch some of the later episodes. The He-Man and G.I. Joe ones are from a marketing and business sense are even crazier than the Star Wars one. I'll add it to my queue. The He-Man one in particular, I think you'll appreciate the okay. the degree to which uh, they were just sort of making it up as they went along and lucked into billions of dollars is is really hilarious. That's what I'm looking for every day. <laughs> I know. I know. As a marketing and communications professional, you really you really appreciate lucking into communications successes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, there's there's very little prep work actually going on. I know um, in many of the things that you do. So <laughs> this is a this is a testament to that. Yes. <laughs> um, hey, how it, it, it has been a month since we officially podcasted. Uh, a big um, apologies to all the listeners. Every single one of our guests in December actually uh, canceled on us for a, for a variety of uh, okay reasons. But we were we were going through this whole like thing behind the scenes where we were booking people and then we would get to the day of recording and then and then it, it wouldn't happen. And so we tried to rebook people really fast and then that wouldn't happen. And it just sort of like snowballed into this thing where three weeks passed. It was the, the sort of the holiday season and then nobody was available. It was just uh just kind of a weird, a weird uh, ac- action. You know, all that being said, uh, it was kind of nice also to sort of have a little break and, uh, you know, regroup our thoughts and give us some time to sort of ponder on 2017. Yeah. And I also think it helped us kind of forecast what we would like the Bike Nerds podcast to share and learn in 2018. Can I just say that it's kind of amazing that here we are in January 2018, uh, starting our third year of the podcast? Insane. So I, in preparation for this podcast, Got like no surprise, got kind of screwy in my head. And so I started like reading through emails from fall of 2015 uh-huh. about like the early days and brainstorms about the podcast that I was going to share some funny quips. And then I was like, this feels more appropriate for our 100th episode. And so I stopped doing that. But it's three years is like a really long time. What would be funny is to go back and listen to like the first like 10 episodes. I think the first episode would make me cringe. I think all of them would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, three years. It doesn't feel like three years. But then you also look back, and this is episode number 84. Um, that's also insane to think that in in the first two years, we we cranked out 84 episodes somewhere along the way. You know, if you think about some of the other stuff that happened in that same period of time, I quit working in the city of Memphis and moved to Colorado. <laughs> You are in the midship of launching an entire bike share system in just a couple of months. The amount of stuff that's actually happened 
in those two years alongside the fact you know that was somewhere somewhere along the way we found time to um produce 84 episodes and not just that find 84 people willing to talk with us on the on the podcast that um, i think is the testament <laughs> we also had like things going on in their lives yeah. <laughs> but they carved out time to speak with to us for an hour i feel to be most impressive what a sort of surreal experience to sort of think about that some people ask me all the time how how do we crank out so many episodes and i was like i don't really know and you know we sort of find time for it but it also feels like it sort of goes away. Um, I, this, I think it's, this it's, it's luck this, and the and our, and our charming personality. This month away from you has felt like an eternity, to be totally no, honest. No, it's been like, I feel like we haven't done this in three months, but it really is only, as I've stated, 30 days and change. <laughs> so what have you been up to in these 30 days and change? Oof. You know, I... That you can share. Publicly. Yeah, that I can share. It's... It's been it's been really busy and in, in a good way at work where we were prepping for 2018. You know, we have a we have a number. We're leading a number of international study tours this spring, one to Spain and two different trips to the Netherlands. And that's that's all coming up like sort of in April in June. And so I kind of know that once April gets here, really once sort of March gets here, I'm going to be really, really busy. And so I'm trying to get other things taken care of so that I don't drop the ball on anything. So a lot of preparation for 2018 uh, at work, been busy, haven't been traveling, which has been nice, but it's just been really sort of steady office work. Um, You know, I saw Star Wars The Last Jedi four times. Um, That took it's you know it's a two and a half hour movie that took quite That's a, a bit. commitment. It's quite a lot of quite a lot of times to see it. My my youngest brother came to Colorado to visit for the holidays, and so I hung out for a little bit with him. Uh, it's finally snowed in Colorado. Um, we got a couple inches um, finally right around right around Christmas, um, just before Christmas actually hit. So we had this sort of a white Christmas. Have you been winter biking? Uh, I've yeah I've been biking every day, um, mostly up to the bus stop. Um, I haven't been doing sort of too much. It's been, it's been, December was kind of brutally, brutally cold here in Colorado. Have you bought any new coats? No. Okay. I did go to the store to buy like some actual like boots that would be like waterproof. But when I got there, they didn't really have anything in my size that I liked. So I sort of gave up on that. I know that there's other stores. (laughs) Because that's like the only store. That's it. it, There was there was like the internet doesn't exist. Well, well, there was like a moment in time where I had like some free. I had like a free hour to go do this. I went to the store. Wasn't super happy with the selection, and I walked away. And then I haven't really had time to really think about it since then. Okay. It just you know it's just one of those things. I know I got to do it, but it also like the snow sort of melted, so like the impetus to actually do it um, kind of went away, right? So I'll 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 probably re-energize on the boot search uh, once snow is back on the ground. Would be my my thought. There you go. Yeah, and now that 2018 is finally here. Oh, I celebrated a birthday. Yes, this past happy week. birthday! Thank you. I meant to, of course, communicate that. Happy birthday, Kyle. Oh, thank you. Thank you for uh, bringing Cheers. it up. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I celebrated my 35th birthday. Whoa. Yep. How's it feel? The big three five. Uh, it feels pretty much the same as 34 and 33 cool. and 32. Um, cool. Carrie uh, attempted to make me a cake. And I'll send you a photo of this thing. Please do. I don't, you know, it's a pre-made, it's like out of the box cake mix thing. You add 
eggs and butter and cook it in the pan. I'm not sure what what went wrong here. Um, Baking's hard, but I mean this. The, but this is about as easy as it gets, and I'm not sure Still, really what happened with this cake. Um, I can't wait to see a photo. Bless her heart is all I can say. <laughs> like she asked, she asked me last night um, if I could complete the icing of the cake because it's just like sort of like falling crumbling it underneath already her. gone off the rail <laughs> i was like i'm not sure i'm supposed to ice my own cake <laughs> and she gave up she just she sort of like served it last night with sort of like partially frosted <laughs> crumbling and falling to pieces and that's I even, real life that's yeah, like I mean, that's what 35 looks like it, it is it is <laughs> what have you been up to the last month the last month professionally explore bike share has been up to a lot of exciting things most of the month of december we had our public input process so we had an online mapping tool where residents could put where they'd like to see station so it was really exciting to see memphians a i think really sort of click that bike share is happening it's becoming less hypothetical and more like real our bikes are actually like on us soil which is exciting um, Explore Bike Share hired our executive director, Trey Moore, um, who's a fantastic individual who will build and lead a diverse, reflective of Memphis organization. So that's been fun to kind of work with him on that onboarding process and see this, you know, organization sort of grow and actually become an organization that looks like an organization, which has been really great. The public sighting process was cool. You know, we've got Crosstown and Midtown, you know, with a lot of sort of residents around and a lot of activity and a a ton of national press. And that was a really popular point about where people would like to see bike stations. But we also did a a ton of work in South Memphis and um, a community garden in South Memphis now has, I think, just the same amount of pins as Crosstown does about where folks would like to see stations. And to me, that is I think one of the most exciting things that happened for Bikeshire this month is that we were able to, you know, reach, you know, as many Memphians as possible in 30 days in a busy holiday season to kind of get that kind of great cross section of Memphis neighborhoods participating in that process. So that's been cool from a professional standpoint. So you weren't really doing anything then? No. Yeah. It's like it was the holidays. Yeah. I just drink I just drink Prosecco all day. So that's interesting. Um, I'm gonna ask you a question about that. How how was it trying to engage people over a two month period that's sort of notorious for not being able to engage people? It was a challenge for sure. Timing just made it where this for us to stay on track for a launch date. Yeah. So timing was um, a challenge, but folks are really excited about it and created events and helped kind of do a ton of sort of untraditional informal pop-up events to, you know, make sure that this was successful. B-Cycle, you know, has been really generous. And so we have three dash bikes that don't have the smart technology on them, but are, you know, the eight speed, super sexy dash bikes. So having those bikes, you know, at events where people are able to ride them around was was really successful. And, yeah. you know, the power of word of mouth and social media and, you know, handing out flyers, we gave a ton of autonomy to neighborhoods. So, you know, Knowledge Quest is an example of of a, a great nonprofit in in South Memphis that does everything from agritourism to you know early um, after school education, um, and they like really took it and run ran with it and created their own events and their own flyers and kind of owned it. 
Um, and so we found that to be really successful. But it was a challenge. But then we were able to have conversations with folks who were like, actually, like, it's the holidays and we don't have anything going on. You know, we'll continue to be out talking to folks and and hearing feedback as we approach our, our spring launch. Nice. So there was a, some of the holiday, you know, the holiday lull existed, but you got to do what you got to do. Hey, can I also mention one other thing uh, that happened in no. Memphis over the last 30 days? Yes. You finally got to take down those damn statues. Yes. It was really an exciting time over the few days that that happened. Um, the city of Memphis and a, and a nonprofit that was created to you know help create you know equity and help everyone feel comfortable in our Memphis parks, especially ones that still have remnants of um, white supremacy in them, um, worked together. And in the dark of night a few weeks ago, um, Jefferson Davis statue, which is right downtown, and um, Forrest Bedford. Nathan Bedford Forrest. Who who cares what his name is? He was taken down as well um, in the dark of night. And um, I felt really privileged. I was able that next morning um, to go to a press conference at the Nathan Bedford Forrest um, statue location that no longer had the statue there to hear from, you know, the great leaders of that nonprofit about um, why they felt that this was important. Um, The, the, person who started the nonprofit, whose name is escaping me, had this great story that this was his um, father's 73rd birthday and, and he had passed. And as a boy, as a you know, African-American boy growing up in, in Memphis, um, you know, 50 years ago, you know, Health Sciences Park, where that statue was, was a park where he could walk through, but he wasn't allowed to sit on the benches. And, you know, the statue loomed you know, over him. And that was an experience he shared with his son. And so it was really poignant to hear that, you know, this park can be for all people now. Um, and I'm really proud of all of the advocates. Um, people have had their boots on the ground for months, um, you know, really pushing the city and um, leaders to make this decision. So it's really exciting. Um, Tammy Sawyer, who's a uh, um, running for council um, this upcoming election is a powerful black woman here in Memphis that, that really helped lead the charge as well. So it's exciting to see a ton of different constituents get together and um, and do it and take them down. Oh, man, it was, it's so awesome. You know, it, it's been a it's been an issue in Memphis for, uh, you know, more than a decade. You know, there's been momentum and advocacy around taking it down. And, you know, the city got really creative and actually had to do this. There, there was there was the state legislature had put up some legal roadblocks to prevent them from removing the statues. The cities have been working for years to sort of work through those roadblocks. But, you know, time after time after time, it was just delaying the inevitable. And the city uh, actually sort of used a maneuver that's sort of, I think, pretty indicative of the city of Memphis, right? Just in general is if you, if you can't, if you can't, uh, if you can't do it the right way, we'll figure out sort of the sideways way to do it. And they basically sold the parks to a private entity and they were no longer city property at that point. And so the state legislative rules that prevented cities from removing statues of honoring people in the Confederacy uh, actually don't don't apply to nonprofits or private entities. And so then the private entity paid for to have them actually removed. And it happened really swiftly. But your your point is exactly right. None of that would actually have happened uh, had it not been for the consistent and persistent 
pressuring by local advocates like Tammy Sawyer and Reverend, Reverend Earl Fisher and, and so many others. Um, and just what an amazing time to sort of actually be right, right before the holidays, you know, it sort of feels like a really fitting, you know, holiday gift to so many people to finally have those gone. I can remember leading and taking part in bike rides, supporting the Mid-South Peace and Justice Center back in mm-hmm. my early advocacy days. Uh, we, we would have this event called uh, Bikes Not Bombs. Uh, it was a fundraiser for and uh, for the for the organization, and we would lead bike rides around town. Um, and they would stop at you know historical places where injustice has stood, and and then and where the forest statue was, and the legacy of Nathan Bedford Forrest, both in the South and then you know more prominently with the Ku Klux Klan and you know his role as a Confederate general you know it sort of continues to to loom large in Memphis and that was always a I remember a stop a stop on the tour and now we can have that stop on the tour and we can talk about how justice has been served in a very minor and small way in Memphis and you know now that the statues are down now it's time to you know fight the uh you know, continue fighting the fight for all the other sort of structural reasons that um, people in the city and people around the country are are still um, without, you know, the ability to sort of pursue life and liberty and happiness. Couldn't have said it better myself. It's been very cold in Memphis. Mm. You like, did you get a little pipe, snow? Pipe freezing cold. No, but we have had, you know, places where there's like ice places. Like lakes have iced over. Ooh, nice. I winter biked today to the farmer's market in solidarity with you. Thank you. I think. And I, I, I'd, it was fun. I mean, it was really great. But I like had like, you know, my whole face covered in sunglasses and a hat. Mm-hmm. And at some point I was like chatting up one of the vendors and I had like forgotten that I like had all of this like gear on. Yep. And. I was like, oh, great to meet you. Like, I'll see you around. And they were actually like, I mean, I don't know what you look like. Like, I don't I actually have no idea who I've been having a conversation <laughs> with. And I was like, that's a really good point. But it's still too cold. And you may never know. Mwahaha. So it made me think about, like, if you're chatting with somebody on the road, when you have all your winter cycling gear on, like, you don't know who those the, who that person is. No. I try not to chat with anybody, though, so. That's fair. It's There's problem, just an, problem anim- solved. an anonymous factor that I didn't really realize until today. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to sort of, you know, see through the layers. Um, let me give you my little my, my little tip for winter cycling. Okay. Here it is. Uh, expert uh, advice from a Colorado cyclist in the winter. Who uh, doesn't have correct gear. But who go doesn't on. have the correct gear. Uh, put on all of your layers for 10 minutes in your house before you walk out the door. It in about 3 or 4 minutes you'll be uncomfortably warm in your house. Yep. Which is okay because by the time you walk out your body will have already warmed up to a abnormally high temperature and you're good to go. That's a nice hack. I appreciate that. Yep. That's my that's my solution. Just put on your jacket, start to sweat just a little bit inside, and when you walk outside you'll be perfectly fine. It's like it's like pre it's like preheating your oven a little bit. I'm gonna try it out. You know, always gotta wait take the time to preheat your oven before you put that frozen pizza in. Um you know, get it at the temperature first. Same thing with your body and winter cycling. There you go. Straight from Kyle Wagon Shoot's <laughs> expert opinion. Yep. 
And then, you know, maybe someday go buy the right equipment. Then you don't have to do that. Uh, but <laughs> that's, that's sort of where I'm at today. Just preheating my oven. There you go. That works. So, Kyle. Sarah. 2017's done. It is. Officially. Officially done. What are your thoughts looking back on our podcasting experience? I really enjoyed having the opportunity to group guests based on sort of topics and themes. But I just I just want to sort of mention to you that our if you can think about this, our very first guest in 2017 was Dr. Melody Hoffman. Like think about how long ago that inter- that actual interview was. Forever ago. It was like more than 40 episodes ago crazy right and, and i'm I, you you sort of scroll through this list and you're like holy smokes we we talked to all of these people in 2017 um i found the section that we did on bicycle history um to be really fascinating and i'm still thinking about a lot of that today and and i'm enjoying staying in touch with some of our guests like james longhurst and evan friss on twitter who continue to post just nuggets of information about the history of cycling and its relevance today I thought that was probably one of my most interesting pieces of where where I sort of learned a ton and just had sort of a really good time digging into some of the content. Um, and then, you know, I I enjoyed the section on bike share. And, um, you know, you and I had a really long conversation after the bike share section ended uh, about sort of like, you know, what it all means for the future of bike share and how the conversation should go. And I actually thought that was one of our best episodes where it was just you and I sort of reflecting on the bike share conversation. And, you know, it's uh, it's sort of it, it is, in my mind, sort of one of the hallmark episodes for this last year where we just got to sort of reflect on things, current events that were happening and reflect on sort of our thoughts going forward and just continue to ask questions because they're not all answered right now. One of my highlights was our interview with Jesse Singer. Yeah. Regarding advocacy in New York City. And I really kind of connected to her campaign around creating a public dialogue about how people talk and experience and act related to traffic collisions and, and crashes and kind of that conversation that, you know, crash, not accident. And then just a general general sort of like use of the word accidents, whether it regards to, you know, vehicular or a stabbing or bikes or, or what have you. And then, um, you know, her, you know, generosity and being vulnerable about her personal experiences with, with people, you know, close to her, you know, being affected by, by crashes and, um, was to me, um, you know, really powerful. And I, I enjoyed that, that conversation a lot. I also really enjoyed our conversation. I think those kind of that, I think that theme was the community leader conversations, I think. No, or maybe it, b- it, beyond bikes. It was beyond bikes. The folks, those, the folks those, work in sort of you know, in the bike space, but, but well beyond that as well. Zaudan Chen, Chen mm-hmm. the community advocate who um, was a former food delivery cyclist, his conversation and experiences I also found um, to be just interesting and, and, you know, a world and, you know, and a personal kind of roadmap that, that I don't know anything about, um, you know, spoke to me a lot as well. And I'm trying to think of, there was other ones and I just, we had so many themes. 
Well, you know, we 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 checked a box. We had uh, Dr. Adonia Lugo on the yes. on the show this year after Dr. Charles Brown. Dr. Charles Brown. You know, we had we had our good friend Roshan Austin on, and she killed it. it. We we got so much good feedback after Roshan's episode. Um, people love her. I love her. You love her. We're just sort of the in the Roshan Austin fan club. Uh, looking further back, we had Tamika Butler on yes. on, the, on the show. We had. You know, uh, just it just it just sort of goes on and on and on uh, of sort of a, a great list of, of guests this year. And I and man, every single one of them had something great to say. And I think stoked a lot of really great conversation and a lot, a lot of thinking around, you know, what's happening um, in the bike space. Most recently, I really enjoyed our conversation with Jonathan Moss from uh, the Portland Bike Blog and uh you know, his sort of view on what it means to be an advocate and a journalist and somebody who's curating a message and has something to say as an editorialist. I actually thought that was really interesting, right? Where we were sort of talking about bikes, but also the role that, that different people can play in, in being a bike advocate in their community. I also really liked that episode because I was able to record it in a brewery <laughs> <laughs> with with some ed, with some nice edit with some editing that our <laughs> listeners uh, uh, didn't get the privilege of hearing weird interruptions while you yeah. were recording in the brewery. Using the mute button can be hard sometimes. Using the mute button can be hard. That is absolutely true. Um, also, those that, that time you took the shots was really weird. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. 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 Uh, so here's a question. What are your what are your hopes for twenty eighteen as we continue to go into our you know, the into the third year of podcasting together? We've we've accomplished a lot. We've had uh most of our dream guests have been on the show. Um what are your hopes for the next year? So my hopes of two two part hopes Ooh, two part. is I think what we learned in our maybe controversial bike share conversation, just the two of us, um, I'd like to see more of us kind of diving really deep into topics. We come from different perspectives. Um, and while, you know, I love that the Bike Nerds podcast kind of platform is to listen to other advocates, I, I do think that kind of having an opportunity to have two people really kind of dive into the details and disagree or agree or, or challenge each other's thoughts on a, a policy or a theory um, or even a product. Um, so I look forward to, you know, you and I diving deep or into kind of having those one-on-one -on -one conversations. Um, and I also, you know, hope as, um, you know, I think we'll be able to share this more with, with our listeners is that we have even more voices and even, you know, maybe some more input on how we curate our content and, and how we are reaching guests that, that we haven't reached yet. And, you know, maybe it's not us every time asking the questions and, and, um, you know, leading the, the conversation, because, you know, I think we both can admit that, you know, we only represent, you know, two different types of people in this world. And the world is made up of a ton of different people with different perspectives and different questions. And so I'd love for, you know, the Bike Nerds podcast to, you know, have you and me, but also have, you know, other other folks asking questions and, and you know, leading interviews and conversations. Wow, those are great. Those are great goals. Thanks, Kyle. What are your goals? They're very much the same. And I think that's why we're going to keep doing the podcast. <laughs> Shocking, right? 
Um, I think if we had diverging opinions here, the podcast might be coming to an end. But Or this could be another really great episode. Or this could be it. It's just where we're challenging each other's minds on what our hopes yeah. are for the future. <laughs> No, I, I, I think, I think you're right. You know, there's, uh, there is a, there is a world of, um, experts that continue to be out there, but there's also a lot of conversations that are happening and, you know, being able, I think on the podcast to reflect on whatever is being talked about in the bike world at any given time is going to be, is really fascinating and will allow us to bring in some new voices and will allow us to, um, you know, sort of dive a little bit deeper just with our within ourselves and have a conversation, um, you know, much like we did with the bike share. Do you think it was really controversial? Do people, do we get Controversial is not the right word. I, I, I don't know what it was, and I don't think anyone... It really cared? Probably really <laughs> cared about it other than you and me, which is fine. Because really, this is actually the most selfish thing we could do <laughs> is podcast because we gain so much valuable information from very very intelligent people so i i I like your point though i think uh you know your point (laughs) about you know you and i are not the only bike nerds that exist in the world and um you know we want to we want to hear from other people and if you if any of our listeners have ideas about conversations they'd like to have if they like to uh talk with us about you know sort of you know, coming and either being a guest or leading a conversation or, or doing something like that. Uh, we are, we are open and uh, willing to start, you know, sort of bring on some new, some new voices and some new energy, um, to, to some of the shows. And so I'm really excited for that. I know we've got some plans already in the works for that. And, um, so I I love that. I actually thought you were going to say we should be more engaged on Twitter as a goal for 2018. That's a good goal for me. I don't feel like it's an achievable goal personally. Yeah, I think it's a, it's one of those goals. It's like going to the gym in the new year, right? We're going to set it, yeah. but after like th- 13 days, it's just going to go away. We'll try. No no promises, bike Twitter. The bike Twitter well, world is uh is waiting for us to come and engage. I just <laughs> I just don't know. They just where, don't Yeah, they just don't know we're there yet, really. Don't hold us to it, Twitter. That's really what I, I I'd say. like us to update our photos. Oh. That's an easy goal. I think that one we we can achieve. We definitely can. Um, I'd like to teach Edwin my dog how to talk so he can participate. All right, this is veering into personal goals. Um, I think more beyond sort of goals for the podcast right. and the show. Bringing it back, when outside of our goals for the podcast, or maybe less goals, like looking at bike culture and transportation and shared mobility, yada yada, all the things that we love to talk about. What do you, do you see any trends for 2018? I'm interested in how your perspective, you know, may change or be challenged with your international trips upcoming. There are some trends and conversations. Uh, I here, here's here's just a couple thoughts off the top of my head. Since you're you're hitting me with this right now, uh, Dockless Bike Share is not going away. We're going to continue to have that conversation, right? We're bringing back yep. the controversy. Um, dun, dun, it's, dun. I think it's just getting started, and I think um, we're going to see it continuously pop up over the next year, maybe even into the further future than that, as um, as more cities are experiencing, you know, what it's like to have, you know, private competitors operating bike share in the same cities as sort of, you know, municipal run systems, 
Uh, that's going to something that's going to continue to be, and I think we're going to talk about that a lot. I think we're going to continue to talk about the role of autonomous vehicles, you know, car sharing, uh, all other sorts. That was of, one of mine. All other sorts of new mobility options continue to sort of proliferate in cities. They're dividing the ways in which sort of urbanists and planners and advocates are sort of thinking about the future. You know, I don't. I don't really know sort of where we stand on that, but I, I see that that's going to continue to be, you know, a point of conversation for next year. Uh, you know, from, from my perspective, there's a big focus, I think, you know, mostly because I think we're leading this, this focus to people for bikes, but there's a big focus on how do we expedite the introduction of bike infrastructure in cities and can we do it faster? And I think this, this ties into the lessons, you know, our, the episode where I returned from Spain and talked about Seville and, and you know, the, the speed at which they did the work there and, and, and how they got it accomplished. I think we're still waiting for a U.S. city to sort of make a firm commitment that cycling uh, is important and to invest the time, money and resources and actually making it happen in a very real way. And I think it, it could happen soon. I think in the next 12 to 24 months, we could see a city, you know, drop a full network of safe and comfortable places to ride in. And there's this question about, you know, how do you how do you expedite that growth uh, of infrastructure and planning and programming while also maintaining you know, an eye towards the the integrity of your public engagement process and the integrity of your design process and uh, making sure that people are coming along with you, that the cities aren't getting too far out ahead. Um, so I, I think there's there's plenty of conversation to happen around, you know, ro- authentic and robust community engagement um, and uh, its potential tension with cities expediting the growth of bicycling um, on a day-to-day basis. And bike share plays a role in that as well, right? You know, it's, you know, how, how do we sort of continue to launch and expand bike share systems in ways that are equitable and, and meet the needs of communities uh, while also being prescient of the fact that acting quicker may be better in terms of, in terms of the long-term game of, of making cycling a preferred and selected choice of transportation. I agree with all of your projections. Thanks. I have a few of my own. Hit me with it. If you care to hear them. Oh, I, I'm, I'm actually more interested in yours because I, I, you know, I live and breathe this stuff every day and have these conversations. So I, I love when you bring things to the table because it, it always strikes me that there's more conversations to be having. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate that compliment. I am interested in how planning agencies, transportation agencies and cities or on a regional scale across the country. I beginning I've kind of have felt over this last year and I say this from probably a level of, you know, not having all of the knowledge that kind of you know equity and social justice I think is being sort of more transparent about structural racism and how you know, planning agencies or transportation agencies are are making decisions that are in, influenced by all of this systemic institutional, you know, racism and classism and, you know, econ- socioeconomic levels. And um, I see more conversations happening or, or more cities maybe in bet- trying to, whether it's embedding a, someone with a focus on, on 
checks and balances around decisions around, you know, bike, I mean, bus routes or, or bike lanes go in or even larger, you know, transportation and planning decisions. Um, I'm interested, you know, how 2018 develops from that perspective. Um, from kind of, I guess, my probably very limited view, I do feel like, you know, as I think I just stated, which maybe you can edit out, is I think people are, you know, we've talked about equity and we've talked about social justice. And I think that now, you know, all of the hard work that advocates have done, I think hopefully will start to turn into, you know, actual practice and developing best practices on a on a national and, you know, I think more importantly, you know, local local stage because every, you know, city is different and has different, you know, issues and and things of that nature. So that's one trend. It's not a trend. It's a rejection. It's a thought. Another one is pedestrian advocacy. Because walking is sexy and I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it a term. I'm just going to do it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my two. That's it. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. I was was trying to give you enough breathing room there to, to sort of get it all out. That's it. You mentioned my other ones. I've got some other ones, but I'm unable to to get them into a, a cohesive sentence this time. So stay tuned, listeners, because I've got some more Sarah knowledge to drop. Yeah, I, I think one thing to sort of point out to listeners is that, you know, I think in 2018, our plan is to deliver episodes that are much more content rich, that uh, focus on having a dialogue and, and expanding some of the depth by which we've been covering some of these topics and 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 to do that to allow us to do that to sort of spend some more time on each episode we're actually going to be releasing episodes on an every other week schedule rather than every week it's just going to give us a little bit more time to prepare uh to get the to get the right guests on to you know sort of form our thoughts and do our research and think about that so we're going to slow down some of the episode delivery for the for 2018 and uh with with hopes that that's going to allow us to deliver you know, episodes that uh, dive a bit deeper than we're able to do in a 45 minute format with, uh, you know, with a, with random guests every week. I, you know, I love the weeds. I'm so much so looking forward to it. Yeah. I hope you don't ask any questions this year about nonprofit, uh, financial <laughs> tax, tax, IRS. tax law. Um, oh, you have no idea. I've already got a whole list. I've got like reports and reports I've already written that just go like, just will bore everyone but me. So box box four F on the nine ninety uh nine ninety E Z from twenty sixteen changed to box five C in the twenty seventeen version. Yeah. yeah I can, that's how I, I talk. can I you know you should listen back to some episodes uh, <laughs> of the, of this very podcast. Oh I have one other projection. Go for it. Is I think is Bike share, dockless, you know, increased, you know, protected bike lanes. And as you stated, that sort of stress free. I do wonder if there'll be sort of another wave of, you know, bike backlash or bike culture backlash as cities become either more intentional or less intentional around, you know, transportation and and walking and biking. Um, I'm curious kind of what how cities will will react to that, how supporters and non-supporters will react to, to an increase in those sort of changes from an infrastructure perspective. 
the the context of all of these conversations, right, is that we live in a pretty unpredictable time. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening around the world and uh, domestically here in this country that, you know, is impacting these kinds of conversations and is impacting bicycling, but isn't specific to it. And so, you know, I think I think a lot of the conversations that we're going to have, while we may not focus on this sort of directly, but our conversations are going to be shaded in news of the day, things that are happening, um, uh, particularly in this country is, you know, 2017 was a pretty amazing year. If you think about, you know, the degree to which we saw a lot of absurdity at the national level, we saw communities uh, organize and stand up to that. But but it, and it's not over. And, uh, you know, 2018 with uh, with a big election cycle popping up as well, I think it's going to be just as, uh, you know, it's going to be just as uh, a roller coaster ride up and down, I think. And, you know, where bikes sort of fit into that, in some cases, they're going to be they're going to be forgotten about and and lost in those conversations. And then in other places, I think they're going to be right at the forefront. So we're going to be along for the ride, just like you all are along for the bike ride. What? Two wheel (laughs) ride. (laughs) Oh gosh. Listeners. uh, We are looking forward to going on the journey with you in 2018. We're really excited. Uh, You know, Every single month that we have had the podcast since we launched uh, almost more than, you know, almost three years ago, uh, we have increased the number of subscribers on the podcast. We're eternally grateful for you uh, for for continuing to listen to Sarah and I and our guests uh, every week. Uh, We're super excited to dive in deeper on some topics this year and uh, go in. And, you know, really sort of try to figure out how we can make bikes and mobility options, you know, accessible for all people. Uh, We are really excited that Bike Fixation and everybody over at the Sarah Cycling Group uh, has committed to us for another year. And we're, you know, we're excited to have them back at the table supporting the episodes, helping us uh, reach more people. They've been instrumental in helping us grow the podcast this last year. And, you know, Sarah, personally, I'm just super excited that, uh, you know, you continue continue to have a conversation with me i was going to say like continue to enjoy my company and talk with I me do every week enjoy your but I, company, I didn't yes. i didn't i didn't want to like you know pressure you into agreeing to that on the air but maybe well, but maybe i just sort of did in yeah. a passive aggressive way and you could you can confirm that i confirm that i enjoy <laughs> our conversations immensely is that what the script said good <laughs> good, Is that good what I reading. you to say yeah yeah uh and, and you know i it's it's this amazing thing, right? Where um, I I dearly miss uh, all of my friends back in Memphis, having you know only, almost been gone for two years. You know, almost as long as the podcast has been running, I've I've been gone from Memphis. But you know, whenever I see you, I I never feel like we've been out of touch for too long because of no these way. because of yeah. these regular conversations. And you know, I can I can say that I'm that I don't talk to anybody else back in Memphis as regularly as I talk to you. I don't talk to anyone in Boulder, Colorado as regularly as I talk to you. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm going to raise my can of lime flavored sparkling water. I'm going to raise my tea. And say cheers to you, Sarah Studdard. Cheers Cheers, to 2018. And uh, wish all of our listeners uh, the best of years. Here, here. 
The preceding is an OM production. For more information, go to the OAMnetwork.com.